Good morning. It's still Easter morning as, um, you know, the timeline of these narratives. Easter morning on Easter morning. And then a week ago, we saw the reaction of the disciples, followers of Jesus hiding in the upper room. They were afraid. And then later in the day, this exchange takes place. Two of Jesus' followers are walking back home. They're troubled. They're afraid. They're upset. They still don't realize what happened. Notice they said in the scripture, they said, a prophet, someone who did miraculous signs, someone who taught with power, has been killed by the religious authorities. He was the one from whom we drew inspiration and life, and he's gone. I don't know if you think of Easter as a time to mourn, but the church has now given us three straight scriptures of mourning. And sometimes as Americans in this time, as evangelicals in this time, we don't know what to do with that. But the church keeps putting this very human reaction to the resurrection right in front of us. It's not to say that the resurrection didn't happen. It's not to say that Jesus isn't with us and that Easter isn't real and resurrection isn't a reality. It's to give us an honest account of the humans who were with Jesus and their reaction to his death. The reaction to his death specifically from the religious leaders, from the system that claimed to show them God, to offer the pathway to God, killed who they believed to be God's anointed. That's a really confusing and horrible thing to be in. As we saw from the psalm this morning, you know, loneliness and sadness, doubt, sorrow is not stranger to the people of God. And what we've seen through the thousands of years of recorded prayers and histories is that the presence of God is with us in those times. And Jesus himself just joins this conversation. Isn't that amazing? And these two people, I, I love, there's a scholar that said, this is the gospel according to Cleopas. I love how he says, and it's probably his wife that's with him. But I love how he recounts what happened. Jesus, who was a prophet, who did miracles, who healed the sick, who raised the dead, created a new kingdom on the earth. He was put to death by the religious authorities, but some of the women who followed him went to the tomb and they saw that he was not there. And then some of the men went to see if it was true. And it was. And now we're sad. The Greek says that sadness was written across their face, held in their body. I was talking to a friend who lives in Nashville, and um, he said his 15-year-old son is just having a hard time. And I was like, why? And he said, just the way the world is. And I just kind of, I was like in Whole Foods or something on my, and I wasn't really thinking, and I said, well, what's wrong with the world? 
And he goes, really? <laughs> well, let me tell you from my 15-year-old son's perspective, we're in, there's a war in Ukraine. There's war in the Sudan. He's not sure what it means to be a part of this country anymore. They live in Nashville. He's like, we just had a shooting in a school, which he is friends in the school. And there's this tension in his friend group. He says, yeah, so he's just kind of sad about the way the world is, right? And I said, yeah, that's totally, totally fair. And so am I. So I'm not going to be a downer, but let's just take a moment to feel that, what we live in. It's scary. Is God with us? That's the question they were asking. The religious leaders apparently just crucified the only glimmer of hope that we have seen as a people in hundreds of years, over 500 years. Hope has not been spoken of. And he changed our lives. And they killed him. Jesus comes into this place in this really unique way that Christ does. He breaks into sorrow and into uh, loss, into confusion. You're not with like a book or a cool saying or a meme or instructions or an invitation to um, Christian Joy 101 or whatever that we tend to do. He didn't condemn them. He didn't say, well, don't, didn't you realize? That, yeah. He just was there, right? And before he talked, he asked a question. What things? How are you experiencing this? I mean, he listened to them. He knows full well what happened, right? This isn't a statement on the ignorance of Jesus. This is a picture into the compassion of Christ. What things are troubling you? Tell me. Walk with me. That I would hear. That I would be present. Tell me. What is the state of your world? What's the state of your heart? That's the question he asks. As Christ uniquely does. Right? He's present. He's present. Then he walks them through the story. Others have felt like you. Others that have come before you have felt this way. And this is what the prophets, this is what the people of God have spoken into the people of God. Hope. This is your story. He hears them, and then he calls them back into the story. He gives them an identity. You're a part of this. You are a part of a people who have lost hope, and also you're a part of a people 
to whom hope has been spoken into time and time and time again. And I'm with you here in it. You start to see, you start to experience hope rise in their hearts. They speak about it later, that it was like fire burning. They start to see the world differently. In the middle of the pandemic, um, we were like not supposed to go outside. Uh, Seth went outside and uh, he uh, was riding his longboard, I believe. And he, can't, he comes back with this song. And I was floored by it. And we sang it in the amphitheater together. You probably know it's that Christ in you and me and in everything. So I just saw Christ present in the middle of the depression and the hopelessness and the isolation. I started to see Christ all around breaking into my world. It's a beautiful song, but it's a testament to the reality of Christ with us, that in every dark place and every loneliness and every confusion, Christ is present. Not to lecture, not to condemn, but to listen and to draw us into the story, into our true identity as loved and held. Do you see it? And they go and they have dinner. And somehow, and we don't really know, Luke doesn't go into this. He's not mystic like John is. He's kind of just like, then this happened. <laughs> so we don't know how. But somehow when they saw him take that bread and break it, they saw him fully. They knew it was him. Through just this real tangible thing, you know? It wasn't like lights and fog and da, 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 here I am, you didn't see me before, but blah, blah. there was nothing like that. Something about the way that he held food, something about the way that he invited them to the table, that's what did it. He was always like that. He was so in it with them. The way that he spit in mud, <laughs> and rubbed it on the eyes of a blind man to heal him. The way that he stopped everything, knelt on the ground and listened to the story of a woman who had been bleeding for years, who was totally cast out. Scripture says he listened to her. The way that he cried when his friend died, even though he raised him. The way that he saw people he saw Zacchaeus, what did he say? What does the scripture say? He looked in the tree, he said, I know you. Cast demons out of Mary Magdalene. He just had this way of being in this world, in this dirty, gritty, present way, you know? At the Last Supper, he, he sits at the table and he breaks bread with them and he says, this is what's going to last. The, all of you together, remembering that you all have a place at this table. And so it's no wonder that when he sits at this table with them and he breaks bread, he puts his hands on the stuff of our earth, they see it. That's what he was about. They realized it's him. 
I saw the resurrected Christ with new eyes for the first time. He is who he says he is. You know, there was another time that someone wanted to know if he was who he says he is. John the Baptist, do you remember this? He sent word from prison to Jesus, and he said, hey, are you the one we're waiting for? It wasn't prison, I'm lying. It was just somewhere else. Are you the one that we've been waiting for? He said, tell him this, the lame walk, the blind see, the sick are healed, freedom's proclaimed. That was his answer. It wasn't apologetics. It wasn't doctrine. It wasn't theology. It was, look at what's happening now, on the ground, in the lives of people. You see? He's always about that. He's always about us in that way. That's how he shows up to us. And they say this, they say this phrase that I love. It said, did not our hearts burn within us when he spoke? <sighs> our hearts burn within us. Just to be in his presence does something. Not in our minds, in our hearts. That's what he's after. They don't know this, but in just several weeks, the Spirit of God is going to fall upon these followers like fire. They'll burn with the Holy Spirit. They'll receive the Holy Spirit in a way that the Scripture says is like fire in their bodies. I know what happens they start living that engaged, gritty, dirty, in-it-with-people life the way that they saw Jesus live. The Holy Spirit's filling them, and they're drawn. All of a sudden, they start seeing people healed. They start seeing the lame walk. They start seeing the blind see. They start seeing so much of this transformation that the scripture says that people that were not part of it yet were filled with terror. The kingdom of God coming again on the earth through people. It kind of just circles back to the whole thing. We are the body of Christ. We are the ones filled with the Spirit. And so we're called to the Emmaus Road, not only as ones who mourn and who long and who suffer and who hope, but to be with those who do as well. Are you with me? That's the call of the church, of the body of Christ filled with the Spirit, our hearts burning, seeing what Jesus did, finding those who walk alone on their road, who see everything that's going on and there's nothing but hopelessness and despair. And we show up not to lecture, 
Not to give advice, but to ask the question, what things? Tell me why you're hurting. We're present with people in a way that we can only be present with people filled with the Spirit, with that fire. Do you see it? That's who we are. It's really exciting because as we go in, through the season of Easter and into Pentecost, the church pushes that question in front of us. What do you want? What do you want out of this life? Because if you want to be filled with the Spirit, if you want to live the way that you saw Jesus live, if, you, if that's something that you're after, then the door is wide open for you. We start seeing those things that Jesus did in our lives as well. That's the church. In every hard place, in every lonely road, in every place of doubt and despair and hopelessness, we are comforted by Christ and we become the comforter. Are you with me? That's our response to the state of our world. Not to lecture, not to be right, but to be present with resurrection power filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking hope and life into every situation, into every place of hopelessness, lostness, sidewaysness. Everyone finds themselves on this Emmaus Road at one point or another. May we be grace and peace to those who walk it. And may we find Christ present with us in every darkness and every loss. Amen? So blue, may you be filled with the Spirit of God and may your hearts burn within you with the fire of God, with the words of Christ, the knowledge of who you are and who you belong to. Spirit of God, fill us as a church. Amen.